you're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Um, in my mind, water is not fun. In my mind, water is extremely scary and dangerous um, unless it is, you know, there are some ground rules and I don't feel like it's really easy to set ground rules with a two-year-old. Um, right. So there are a million and a half mommy and me classes and there are a million and a half places you can go bond with your child, like gymnastics and things like that. Yeah. Um, but not I, in the pool. <laughs> I don't, I don't love it. And yeah. I watch them and like I've, I've been to swim because after ISR, they, my kids normally go into regular swim lessons before they go to the swim team route. But, and I, I watch them. I don't know. I just struggle with it because it literally mm-hmm. teaches you. And the same thing with noodles and flotation devices, it teaches you, it doesn't teach you the power of what the water can do. Yeah. Well, I think most of the things you see out there is, are whether it's the toys, the accessories is mm-hmm. ha- making water fun. Cause water's fun and it's yeah. the summer. And, but I think if you don't teach that, respect that needs to be had yeah towards water yeah it's very very dangerous a kid who always swims with a noodle yeah especially at that age that can't really process it with their brain when they drop that noodle they don't know what happens in water they don't understand physics they don't understand gravity they don't know they're going to be pulled under um so i think it's just it's a very very careful line one day you were not a parent with a child here on the earth on the outside, and then the next day you are. And like you said, that is an entire shift. That is a huge transformation. Like I even think of like, whenever I think about the term matrescence or patrescence, because I don't want to leave dads out or anybody that doesn't identify, you know, mom, dad, like if you are transforming as a parent, like I, I always visualize a butterfly. It sounds corny, but I, I envision like a caterpillar and then going through that that transformation into a butterfly. Like they're still the same entity as they were at their core, but they are completely different. And I also like to think of postpartum as like that cocoon of like, you should, cook. I want everybody to have an opportunity to be in a cocoon while they are in the middle of that transformation when they are like giving birth and then they have that quiet precious period in solitude where they are just like transforming and becoming and becoming parents and like every single time because every time that you welcome a baby you are transforming in a different way because you're going from a family of three to a family of four to a family of Mm -hmm. eventually six or eight (laughs) it's really interesting like when you actually look at and it's funny, I can just say this just because we homeschool our kids and we hatch butterflies every year. But just to take kind of the metaphor like one step further, when you do come at it, when you watch those butterflies come out of the cocoon, like all of their wings are, are wrinkly. They can't fly immediately. They're covered in gunk and grossness. Like there's stuff that they still have to work through before they're fully flying and ready to go out. And I mean, we might be taking the metaphor a little too far, but it's so true, though. We're so off topic. I don't right remember. Now. Well, I'm trying to think <laughs> about like what summer camp is, and like, do no, I put great? Like, yeah. do I push yeah. my kid? And I'm trying to like in yeah. my memory of my 
childhood remember is this was this a good experience for me or mm-hmm. did was it not a good experience for me i've I heard some really good reviews about things and then i've heard some mm-hmm. other where you're taking like 12 kids and it's with like a 17 year old and i'm like okay yeah. maybe not but is maybe it like not. is it a good rites of passage but then i think yeah. about the camp i went to which was like eleven thousand dollars or it didn't work i worked at it it was like eleven thousand dollars a summer and it was the craziest thing i've ever seen in my Wait, life for the like, whole summer for the whole like your only option was to go the whole summer okay but it was like a mix between extremely magical like these kids lived their entire summers for their eight weeks at camp or their entire like yeah. years for their eight it was weeks incredible. Camp. it was incredible like there was a like a chef like there was a salad bar at every meal it was the fanciest place wow. you've ever like you've ever gone but it was really 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 cool okay. i just couldn't imagine like i think i'm just too selfish of a mom i'd want those memories with my kids but who knows yeah. but anyway summer camp's an option guys and we can um, keep talking about it but honestly have you ever gotten on the road when you're supposed to get on the road maybe you have uh, no no never no. never my husband never, started never. cutting down a tree yes 15 that minutes was the best before story. we were trying to leave and i'm like what are you doing yeah uh-huh no I. he's I've, like I've, well the neighbor can help now and I was like, we're supposed to be on the road i i no. yeah, i can't um eric has cleaned the gutters um gone to walmart to like rewire the refrigerator or something crazy like that this is all before we leave there's something that happens maybe in the male brain or the partner brain i don't know Mm -hmm. that is all of a sudden like everything has to be straight before we leave well you know what you had two weeks to think about it Mm -hmm. you you had plenty of time like I, i i remember sitting in the car as a kid and like we were in there, like there was a good 30 to 40 minutes. We were all in the ca- in the car and my dad was just going in to find his sunglasses and then he'd go back in to get something else and then he'd go yeah. back in to get something else. I'm not blaming it totally on the partners, but I have had to let go of yeah. the idea that we we're going to leave at any certain time. Yeah. And then at some sometimes, though, it's not going to work. And it's sometimes you just need to sit back and eat your dinner. Make sure they're playing someplace safe. Sit back, eat your dinner and just say, yeah you know what, this is a season of life. My kid's not at the table and it's okay. Well, and that's just what I hope moms like out there are not like I'm failing. My kid won't sit at a table. Like they're two. Like no, it's absolutely. Believe me when they're seven or whatever, they will be able to sit there and believe me when they're a teen, like you wonder, Oh, my kids gonna ever sleep. Yeah. My teenager won't wake up in the morning. Like yeah. it's just a phase. So if it means, you know what, tonight my husband and I are just going to sit and eat while well, who knows what they're doing. And we're going to take that time to communicate and we'll try again another night or yep. we will do something else. Like if it looks like chaos, like it is okay. Absolutely. I think it is a hundred percent okay because guess what it's going to change and it might be next month and it might change next year like it's going to change absolutely and activities will change mm-hmm. or schedules or, or mm-hmm. whatever and that is okay yeah. but i guess my only caveat to that and we don't normally disagree and i don't think we're disagreeing right now no. is the fact that at some point you are going to want to bring that kid to a restaurant with you mm-hmm. you are at some point you are going to want to go to a family dinner someplace where they are going to need to sit down mm-hmm. so teaching them and coming up with those tools while you are at home yep. of how to keep them seated sans an electronic device, which that might actually end up being your only option at a restaurant at a certain mm-hmm. age gap yeah. or something like that. Teaching them how to play I Spy, teaching them how to like just play little games, sing songs. Those are the things that we sometimes work at, work on at dinner because we do know that at some point 
we need to teach them, especially these little pandemic babies who have not really had to be anywhere, Mm -hmm. how to actually behave in a place where they're running around or getting up could truly affect other people's eating experiences. Mm -hmm. That's advice I would give is if like you're just kind of dipping your toes into the idea of having somebody else watch your kids while you go do anything you want to do, which is something I like to add because people are like, somebody's watching my kids. I have to go to the grocery store or I have to go run this errand that needs to happen without kids. No, you can hire somebody to watch your kids for an hour while you go get your nails done or Whatever. go read a book on a park bench somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but how did you find your first people? <laughs> I also, well, just to speak to, you know, you have one or two kids. It's, it's hard. It's hard to get over that uh-huh. bit of fear, I think, mm-hmm. in leaving your children. Yep. Not just the guilt, but like... Mm-hmm. is this okay? Is everybody going to be okay? Like, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but eventually we found there was this really incredible family around the street that had three girls. Yep. And, um, you know, we moved into where we are in the neighborhood where we are now like 11 ish years ago. So they are now like late twenties down to early twenties. So they were like, yeah 13 15 16 um and i think all three of them at some point helped us through that time with the twins with without the twins before that just very very great uh family of three girls so but i know it's not always easy to find yeah but if you can find in the neighborhood or in a local group or church Church, or anything that you know you participate in um it's not always easy how do you and your partner get on the same page about having or not having another baby? Um, it doesn't seem like it's a situation where you can really compromise. Literally, people ask this all the time in the group. I want more kids. My partner doesn't. How do you know if you should have another kid? How should you know if you don't want another kid? What should you do? It. I think it takes two to make a baby. And both partners are responsible for the care and well-being of that kid. So... I personally don't think it's one person over the other. hundred percent agree. Ever. I know that, you know, one person is going to birth and carry that baby. And mm-hmm. that's a lot of work put into it. And I totally get that. But I think at the end of the day, I think you both need to be in agreement on these things. Otherwise, yeah. I think it's just going to lead to some other issues. But if you problems. have one person that's holding out, does that one person <laughs> just automatically win? That's just what I don't understand. Like I've, I mean, we have this, we have these conversations all the time. Yeah. We have the conversations here. We have the yeah. Facebook group. Like, I, I don't think there's an exact answer, and I don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. Like in my opinion, if you can afford it, yeah. Therapy is like going to the gym. It's like eating healthy. It's like doing something for yourself. Like we were talking about this. A lot of people, you ask them what their goals for the year are and they don't say like, or maybe they'll say, I want to get fit or I want to get active or like, mm-hmm. I want to run a marathon. They don't normally but say like health in the physical sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They don't always say, Hey, I, I, I want to go become a better human being. Like, Hey, I want to get healthier so I can have healthier relationships. And, um, I feel like that needs to start being within the context because honestly, big picture, and I'm going to be quiet after this, maybe, maybe not because it's my podcast, <laughs> but bigger picture is like, if we all start getting healthier, the mom space in general is going to be healthier. Yes. 
And when you start realizing why you think the way you do and you start kind of thinking in a different way, Mm -hmm. you start to realize how many people also could benefit from somebody helping Mm -hmm. them with how it's going. Yeah. Do you have thoughts, Linda? You saw a chiropractor at one point. I did. And I'm picturing like our listener at home that puts themselves like on the bottom of the list, you know, as moms. And how do you not sell me on it and convince me? But I do think there's a lot of anxiety around it Mm because I, I still have it. It scares me. I went before and I felt things, I heard things (laughs) happening in my body, but it is a very scary for me at least feeling and things so how, how how do you kind of chat to that mom that's sitting at home that's like hey maybe i could use this hair mm-hmm. i do have this pain i do have poor posture how do you get them there what do you tell them first off get off of tiktok and youtube <laughs> and instagram yeah. and with all these people doing these outlandish crazy things it's on scary. there and by the way what? they're micing people's spines up so that like that's all that noise you hear is mic'd up oh. and it's not as directional as this mic is that i have to speak right into yeah it's 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 like they're just getting so much noise and it seems crazy so that is scary and i get that yeah and and so what i just tell everybody is and it, it works out like this is one of the great benefits of having my wife through this entire process because she was she had her she was incredibly nervous, afraid of the entire event from like when like she had never yeah. been to a chiropractor. Um, you know, I go to chiropractic school and she was petrified of the idea of it. And her neck was really problematic at the same time. And so whenever i meet somebody i was listen we this can go however we're gonna we're gonna talk through it Mm -hmm. and we will go like i have an instrument that just gently taps Mm -hmm. out so there doesn't have to be any is that really doing anything no no it's a great (laughs) if i was a real doctor i would do i wouldn't need it but and When we do, when we're just waving <laughs> magic wands over people, yes, it's incredibly effective. We parents, we keep thinking we have to calm our kid down. Mm-hmm. We have to teach them to calm themselves down. Absolutely. We have to offload this mm-hmm. or you will always be the referee. Absolutely. You will always be the external calmer downer. Yeah. Or, or you'll use devices until they've got, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. They're glassy-eyed. Absolutely. So because the devices are a passive thing, they can look at a device and you think, oh, now she's calm. No, what she's done is she is hooked into that device and now she she's feels like she's okay. Too. And she's buried. She hasn't learned to say how she's feeling. Yeah. And she hasn't learned that, oh, if I need to calm down, I need to go run around the block. Yeah. I need to get on my bike. I yeah. need to yell at in my corner. I need to tear up a piece of paper and throw it in the basket. But something that lets them mm-hmm. get it out. Now, with six kids i don't know is that even <laughs> so, yeah no, feasible absolutely absolutely it is and you know one of the biggest takeaways i've had by you know kind of making all of these children is that every single one of them is different there and you go 
Yeah. So for people listening who don't really know where their pelvic floor is or what the heck it is. Um, so your pubic bone is in the front of your body and right in front of your bladder. And that's where the pelvic floor attaches in the front. So if you put your fingers right at the bottom of your pelvis, right in the front, you're going to feel that bone. And then you go like between your legs towards your tailbone. And that's the back attachment for your okay. pelvic floor. So if you think about that front to back, that's sort of the front and back location, like a little hammock front to back. The muscles also extend to your sit bone. So if you if you do yoga and people say sits bones, those sits bones have pelvic floor muscles attached to them side to side. So I think about it as like a, a diamond shape almost okay. underneath you. Like there's four points, four bones, and th- that's making like a diamond. It is like a bowl. It holds things kind of like the bowl of fruit that holds, you know, the bananas and the oranges and apples and all that stuff. You can think about it like that. You can think about it like a big hammock. You can think about it in a lot of ways. It needs to have flexibility. So the way that a trampoline would have flexibility, like if you bounce on a trampoline, it needs to allow you to absorb some of that pressure, but then you spring up. And that's what the muscles need to do. When they squeeze, they should lift and they should push things up. And so that's one of the things we talk about with patients when we talk about muscle training or, you know, helping support a prolapse or something like that, because we've talked briefly about that before. Um, The the sleep consultant that I hired um, and used, she said to me, think of your, because I chose a method where I was going to be in the room with my Mm -hmm. son the whole time. And she said, think of yourself as a cheerleader there to show your son support as he learns to put himself to sleep. And that really resonated with me. I was like, I can do that. I can certainly do that. And so that's what I did. You know, I sat in the chair, I offered comfort, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as he, as he figured it out. And so, you know, I know he's not hurt because I'm looking at him. I know he's not scared because I'm right here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that he, if he could talk, he would say, I'm exhausted and I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, And so since he can't talk, he cries. Yeah. um, And I've just got to be here to support him until he figures it out. And that, um, that really helped us. Can I talk about like those bins that you just end up getting in life that just, I don't know if you remember when your kids were small, that has ever, like they have Legos, they have magnet tiles, they have like doll heads that have been, that have fallen off. You know, (laughs) they have like old sand shovels from the backyard and they're just all in a bin. And then you just watch and you're like, okay, well the bin's fine because I can't see what's in it. And then they dump the bin out and you're like, oh my gosh, my entire life is a mess. Is it perler beads? It's everything. Yeah. yeah. It's every, every, all of those things that just don't get thrown away. They just somehow (laughs) get put in the bin. And the bin could probably completely go in the trash, but you know, <laughs> then they dump it out. And then I just like realize everything in life is a mess. But, but if you're not even looking at a woman of color and saying, are you going to breastfeed? Mm-hmm. I don't even feel like that question is asked. It's not it's, asked at all. Yes. Which to- is totally com- overlooked. Even percent. And there's so many people now, um, now that I'm in this field of, you know, being a doula and providing mm-hmm. lactation support, I can see more behind the scenes of like where we're getting missed. Um, as a as a lactation educator, I've sat in on classes mm-hmm. just for additional education for myself, but also to see what um, n- mothers to be might be Absolutely. receiving. And it's like a lot of the classes are predominantly white, yeah. not many people of color. And it's like, so where where's the gap? Absolutely. Are the people of color receiving the same information? Like, Okay, you're pregnant. Are you interested mm-hmm. in breastfeeding? Attend these classes. They're free. Absolutely. But it's just 
totally being missed. And there's so many people that is like, you know, I didn't even know about classes. Like they might find out in the hospital after you have a baby, but who wants to sit in the classroom? Absolutely. In the ho- that's when I was offered my first class in the hospital. Wow. After having my child. Um, how do we overcome the social anxiety that comes along with making friends? Um, we've talked about this, this topic a few times on the podcast. I feel like we always kind of come back to it a little bit. Episode 37, I feel like really talks about, um, you know, being vulnerable and, you know, building those friendships. But, um, I think my first answer is that it's really, really hard. Um, I think Lindy and I might be an anomaly in the sense that we've grown much closer and are actually like BFFs now on the other side of the pandemic than we were before. But that was literally simply because we had to keep a company. And it's not afloat. because we like each other. No, we just no, had to work. Is, to, it, no, I'm just kidding. Absolutely that we love each other <laughs> and that we like each other. It, but it was literally like the pandemic hit It's a little bit forced. Yeah. No, the, had to figure, yeah it was yeah. like the pandemic hit. And I said, I don't care what you're doing quarantine wise as a family. <laughs> you and I have to be quarantine buddies. Will you be my quarantine support animal is basically what it was. How does a couple be able to spend time together intimately after you have kids, a lot of kids <laughs> and older kids at home? Ding, 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 ding. That's like, seriously, I think we get a que- I think we literally get that question every single day in the Facebook group. Um, so we talked about this last <laughs> time on the podcast. Um, you know, I've come to terms with a few things. First of all, this is a season of life, like this whole tons of children, um, maybe not a whole lot of time, not a whole lot of privacy. It's mm-hmm. a very, very small season. I mean, I mean, maybe not for us because I won't have a lot of kids in the house for a long time, but so that's, that's point one. <laughs> point two is you have to be a little creative. Yes. Yeah. And you got to push the boundaries a little bit in terms of is this really private? I don't, I don't know. This is going to get really bad. What do you, what do you guys do? You guys do after the kids are in bed, right? And asleep. Yeah. But then I was like laying there the other night and I was like, yeah, this is going to change. Like I can't, I'm, I, I can't do 11 15 anymore. Oh my God. I but I know. think, Mm-mm. but I think there's, I think there's the first thing, mm-hmm. at least for us is bumping up that communication Yep. and being a little bit more flexible in like when you, before you didn't have kids. I mean, yeah, it could be super spontaneous Absolutely. and whatever. And well, yep. as you start to add one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, yep. you know, you, you kind of got to give or take a little bit. So maybe there's a little bit more planning. And so it a little bit more put it on the calendar, kind of like a mm-hmm. put it on the calendar type thing. Um, so, yeah. And then I think you just have to get creative, but yeah. I was laying there the other day and I did not bring your name up because like <laughs> really, the, no, 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 no. Oh. This is not oh, the middle. Okay. But in the back of my mind, and I was like, well, Eric and, Mel- and I'm like, okay, that this really like their name's not belonging in this conversation. But I was like, hun, like we have like from 647 in the morning until uh, really like 720. Like, yep. that's can we, plenty of time. Can we move this to that slot? Yeah. Like, yeah. and he was like, yeah, yeah, we could probably, we could probably do that. He's like, if you're not working out or if i'm not working and i'm like well like the 11 15 is kind of being like done there's you know? no way. but i think that is is like up the communication you got to be creative and mm-hmm. i think a little bit more it's okay you know and, and just talking about a relationship with moms and i think um 
we get really caught up in all the small things. And mm-hmm. I say small, and at the time, they're not small. Like to the moms, whatever it is, the the potty training, the teething, the this, the that, the finding help, the relationship with yourself, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that we've talked about. Those are big things and they're really impactful in your life. But so much of it relates to how you raise your kids. People are so worried about like doing it right and raising your kid right. And if I could you know, say anything to the moms out there, it's that I can promise you that my mom did not get everything right. I can promise you that I remember even little things that she didn't get right. But if you just try to do the right thing and your heart's in it, like I think there's like a 99.9% chance that your son or daughter is going to grow up and love you with all of their heart and be so thankful for everything that you've done. So just like, yeah, give yourself the grace, like know that you're crushing it. Like literally I think moms out there are just superheroes. They're killing it. Um, so just keep grinding your, your kids. They don't show it now, but <laughs> when they grow up, they're going to be like, mom, you're just dope. You know, like, yeah. I think that really, truly digging in and figuring out why you need, like, like what is driving you? Like, why are you feeling trapped? Are you yeah. feeling trapped because you need a creative outlet? Are you feeling trapped yeah. because you have to feed your family? Are you feeling trapped? And really kind of digging in and then finding the places, um, you know, that work for you. And what I'm learning as I get older in life, the more vulnerable and honest you can be, especially with, I mean, each other, but especially with employers and stuff to explain why you're coming back. I could tell you right now, probably every single person on payroll, why they come to work every day. And there are some people that come to work just because they need human interaction as moms. There's people who come to work because they have to pay their mortgage. There are people who come to work because they feel a creative outlet. You know, just if you can find a company that values that, even if you just want to work five or six hours a week and you can come in and you can say, Hey, I'm coming here because I need to talk to humans and I need to make this much money to cover childcare. And I'm going to be a better mom on the other side. I think that's really, truly kind of what we owe ourselves. That's such a good point to, um, really challenge yourself to figure out why, Mm -hmm. because, um, sometimes if you need, if it's because you're feeling trapped and you need a creative outlet, you might not want to go back to work. You might find something else. You might start an Etsy store. Yep. You might, you know, there might be something else that could fulfill you that you don't need to go back to work full time. You can yep. just like pick up this or pick up that. Or if it's because you're craving adult interaction, you can join a book club. You know, yep. you can do this or that. There's other things that it might, that might not be what you need right now, but if it is work, then it is. And you, again, you need to go into it knowing what you need. Go in there saying like, I want this job, but in order for me to support my family, it has to look like this. I was going to potty train Gabe and I was terrified because the first time it was quite an experience as like a new mom and you potty training. Gabe's number two. Gabe's number two. So I was like, okay, like, we kind of need this to happen. I think he was three and a half going on four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also a little worried because he was on the spectrum and I wasn't sure how that would go. Cause it's quite a learning process. So I was like, let's do it. Like we need to do it. I think he's ready. And I literally, I decided to do it. And then I had an infant at the time. I had Nora. I, all of a sudden it dawned on me. I have not asked this kid if he has to go to the bathroom. Two days have gone by. And I was like, kind of freaked out. And I went to Linux. I said, has Gabe gone to the potty? Like, buddy, have you gone to the potty? And he's just like, yeah. And so I asked Lennox, I'm like, is he coming? And he's like, mommy just follows me. We just go together. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my big kid just potty trained my second kid. Like they literally just went together. They're so close in age. Yeah. 
Every time they went to the potty, they just went together, and that, he went. Same thing with Benjamin. It was so like, yeah, you yeah, use the did, kids, do yeah, it in groups. Absolutely, we did the everybody gets a lollipop when Benjamin goes to the bathroom, and so they we all went through him. a lot of dum dums. <laughs> but it was awesome because anytime anybody wanted a dum dum, they'd ask Benjamin if you he had to go, go potty? potty, and I didn't have to remember <laughs> anything. So Benjamin, the poor kid, was going out front to pee on a tree like every like ten minutes that week. That's but it awesome. didn't matter. Everybody. <laughs> So many freaking lollipops. And you know what? Benjamin was body trained by the end of the week and I didn't have to do a whole lot of anything. Awesome. So yeah. yeah. Mom hacks. Join us next week for more. Thanks guys. Bye.